Welcome to Waiting for Review, a show that follows the journeys of two independent iOS developers. I'm Dave Knott, an iOS developer in Devon, England. And I'm Dave Wood, an iOS developer from Leicester, England. Join us as we discuss the development, code and technology of our independent journeys. Okay, so this week is the week before DubDub, um, and we wanted to go through some of our predictions and kind of wish lists for things that we'd like to see happening next week. Um, and potentially we can then take a look back in the next episode and kind of see what's what's happened and what's come true and what else has kind of managed to surprise us. Um, Dave, I think we'll do this in a bit of a round of asking each other the question, you know, what, what would you like to see? And, um, I'm going to start by picking on you, really. Um, <laughs> what's top of your list? I really want to see new 12-inch MacBooks. 12-inch MacBooks. Yeah, okay. and I know that's a strange thing to say, given that DubDub is typically a software-based conference. Um, yeah. I've been seeing quite a few tweets, actually, um, just people saying that it seems a little bit weird that hardware is kind of, keep it keeps coming up in the rumour mill. Um, but actually, yeah. I quite like it. I kind of like it when we get get new hardware on the horizon i get quite excited by that um a 12 inch macbook would be would be really nice to get an an upgrade to that um mostly because my my current macbook pro is getting a lot of gpu panics which isn't great so i'm probably going to be in the market for something um reasonably soon now i think given that my imac is my main computer I don't really need a huge amount of power. I find whenever I do use my MacBook, um, it's kind of for admin-y slash web browsing tasks. So I don't I don't really see myself coding on it much. Um, I mean, I'm sure I could if push came to shove, but I, I, don't, I don't intend to sit down and have a proper coding session on it. So that's what I'd like to see. Um, yeah. The, the KB Lake CPUs would be would be really cool. Um, interestingly, I ran um, Geekbench on my current MacBook Pro, so it's a 2010 model. It's the, it was the first of the i7s actually to come out on mobile, right? And the current 12-inch MacBook with the 1.3 gigahertz configuration is roughly about 30% quicker than my current MacBook Pro. <laughs> wow with a 2.66 i7 i think keep okay. in mind it's from 2010 but even so i still think of it as a reasonably fast machine and still sometimes do a bit of dev work on it so if a 12 inch can you know be on paper i know it's a synthetic test but if a 12 inch can be you know roughly a third quicker that gives me great confidence for what the potential Ooh. refresh could be yeah so that's what would I'd love you to see. would you be expecting that to be a, a sort of um, eight gig RAM or sixteen gig RAM kind of machine for you. I would really like sixteen. Yeah, um, I mean my current MacBook Pro's got eight in it, and that was from twenty ten. So, so I don't really seven years later want to be getting a machine <laughs> with the same amount of RAM. My prediction with that machine, if if they are refreshing the twelve inch MacBooks, um, my prediction is that they will kind of nudge the 16 gig um, configuration to a price point that kind of starts to make the um, 13 inch MacBook Pro make more sense. Yeah, Uh, I suspect that might be the case. I mean, it's already, uh, if 
if you go to apple.com and look at the, what you can get on the 12 inch now for us in the uk i looked the other day i think it was 1500 and something pounds yeah for the, for the there's kind of like two models there's like the base and then there's the upper model I and mean, the upper model was 1500 so yeah that's already quite a it's lot start, as it is isn't to it? Get there isn't it yeah yeah but i really i really really love that form factor the fact that it's so so small yeah um and I know we've had this discussion, kind of me always pitching it against the iPad. Like, why would anyone buy an iPad when you can buy this? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I would definitely like to see um, see that get an upgrade. That'd be fantastic. So how about you? Okay, that, that kind of nicely leads to what I'd like to see if we're talking were gonna, hardware. I thought you were going to say something like this. <laughs> yeah, so I would love to see the... Um, the sort of rumored 10 inch iPad Pro. Um, so I think I've been eyeing up the, the iPad Pros myself for a while. Um, I quite like the idea of being able to use the pencil. Um, I was kind of very frustrated when they refreshed the iPads and um, the non pro models can't use the pencil. It sort of felt um, like a bit of a snub there, but I, I understand why. Um, so yeah, if they are updating. The iPad Pro, if we're going to see a refresh to that, then I think that would do me very well for a sort of new new iPad. Um, and in our household, that kind of means everybody else gets a new iPad as well as a sort of cas- hand-me-downs kind of cascade through the family. So um, that that would end up meaning that my, my youngest son sees a refresh to his, his iPad because he has a, an ageing um, first-generation mini at the moment. He's, he's stuck on iOS 9 with it. Um, and that doesn't cause him too many problems, but it is quite slow. So that would solve solve a few problems in our household on a personal level, on, on a, a tech level and what that might mean. Um, for me, I'm, I'm kind of interested in sort of seeing, okay, if they do that, what are the new processors actually going to bring? What 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 is the speed going to look like there? Um, and I know we were going to go question by question, but there's a, a software link here for me um as well okay. i mean i think at this point the the video um that was was that went viral the other week uh the, the one that um, um federico did oh yeah i saw that yeah, yeah with the um proposed um kind of ios 11 design for for ipad um I'm sort of hopeful that there may be some steps in that sort of direction. Um, I, I would like to see not only a refreshed iPad um, as hardware, but I would like to see a refresh coming to iOS itself for the iPad. Um, I sort of feel like it missed a bump somewhere along the line in the last year. Um, things like multitasking on, on the iPad at the moment, um, it still feels quite unpolished to me. Um, you know, selecting that second app that you have in the split screen view um, still feels clunky and kind of weird. Yeah, I I was using um, an iPad Pro the other day. Yeah, um, and it it's, it's kind of the first time I've really used the multitasking um, properly, and it just kind of felt like the 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 app that you bring in from the right hand side is is kind of almost like the the slave app. Yep. And that just felt odd. It feels like they should each be kind of equal in yes. the amount of weight they carry. Um, no, so it's, it's very, very much it, like that. 
it, it yeah. feels like the iPad almost needs to sort of come off of iOS and be almost branded separately as well. Maybe like iPad OS or you know, maybe some other better name than that. Um, and and just give it its own set of features and really define it in its own right. That's what I, that's what I would like to see. And I, I may start paying it more attention if that were yeah. to be the case. Because so right I, now I just well we said this before I'm I'm kind of over the iPad really. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Um, I, I don't know. I I really love mine, um, and I can't even really tell you why. I think it's just having that that bigger screen space. Um, and you know the fact that I can just chuck it in a bag and it's there. Um, but um, no, I'm, I'm I'm with you there. The the whole idea of having sort of an enhanced iPad OS um, would be great. I don't think they should split it out um, too far from iOS. I think it should just be this is what iOS does on the iPad. Um, but I think having a bit more definition around that rather than it just sort of being. Some it does feel kind of tacked on to whatever they do to the phone. Um, so it would be nice to sort of see uh, see the iPad being treated as a bit of a first class citizen again. Yeah, the the one thing I would like that would kind of get me interested is is the pencil. Um, yeah. Right now, I think I could probably go out and buy an iPad Pro and a pencil, but not really know what I would use it for on a practical level. I mean, I'd probably spend the first hour playing around in a drawing app, but I would imagine it would end about there. Yeah. Um, I know we've mentioned before how perhaps we could see more linking in with Mac OS, because if you think about it, the iPad Pro with a pencil is a phenomenally capable graphics tablet. Yeah. Um, and if we could link that up to a Mac so that it could become a companion product, um, developers I'd love to could take into it, that all of a sudden... I, I would be thinking, wow, I need to get myself an 9.7-inch iPad Pro and a pencil. Yeah. And almost and everything the- else it does, like web browsing, reading, playing music, all the rest of it, that's almost just like an added benefit. I would be Absolutely. happily paying all of the money just for the graphics tablet capability. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with you there as well. So I'm, I'm kind of quietly hopeful that we will see some of those things next week, um, sort of coming with a, a, a gem- under the general banner of you know, improvements for iOS for iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see, really. <laughs> um, so, what's next on your list? It's not so much a, a statement, rather a question, um, almost back at you in a way, so sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, do you think we'll see a Mac Pro teaser? Whoa. Um I don't think so, actually. No, um, I, don't, I, I don't think so, but I'm I'm really wanting there to be. Um... Yeah, I mean, I'd settle for just, you know, a five-second video with a single frame somewhere in the middle of, of a load of other stuff um, right now, because I really don't think that they've had long enough. No, no, I don't um, think so. But anything, anything that sort of shows that kind of progress would be nice it would be nice to sort of see a nod to it even if they can't really say very much about it yeah um, I, I fear it's too too early way too early yeah yet. um but hey it's a so, nice idea <laughs> it, it, it is i, I like I, said, I, don't, I don't think um i don't think we'll see anything substantial about it though mm-hmm. um but um one thing i would actually like to see um not related to Mac pro 
is the uh, series ability um, to be widened in in that it could control kind of audio slash multimedia apps. Yeah, um, that would be that would be pretty big um, for me personally. Um, for for example, like if if you could say you know, ask Siri to play a, a podcast in in Overcast and have yeah. it do that, that that would be that would be absolutely brilliant because I find myself in a in a weird spot at the minute in the car, so I can connect via Bluetooth or USB, and USB is great because if I plug in via USB, I can browse the music tracks on my phone through yeah. the infotainment thing on the car. Um, if I go via Bluetooth, I'm kind of sort of island on, I can stuck on the playlist that I'm in. I can only go sort of forward and backwards. Yes. Um, and podcast is even worse um, because I can't really put any new podcasts on while I'm driving. Right. So having that ability to yell at Siri and have it put on a you know a podcast while I'm driving that that would be that would be great. It also makes me wonder what possibilities there might be for armchair with that. Now armchair isn't technically um, playing anything on the phone in the way same way that say Overcast does. Yep. Um, yeah, all, all Armchair does really is tells a third-party system to play something. But yep. it makes me wonder if there's anything I might be able to do to somehow index all of the things that are available to be played in Kodi and then access that via Siri through whatever means they open up, if they do open this this kind of thing up. Um, a lot of ifs and buts there, but I'd be very, very keen to see see what could happen there. That could be really quite cool, um, and I think I think we will see some improvements to Siri um, with this WWDC. It, you know, there were there were some improvements last year. I'd be surprised if there weren't some further improvements, and that kind of leads on to the, there have been rumours around a sort of hockey puck um, speaker kind of product Siri in a can yeah um and I think we we have debated that before because I remember saying something along the lines of well if that happens Siri's going to have to get an awful lot better (laughs) (laughs) um so it's sort of you know that that is the horse that's got to go before the cart so if there is a speaker product then we're going to have to see a lot of improvements to Siri in, in that regard um and I would be surprised if we don't see them um, next week do you think we'll see the hardware that's I'm really not sure again um, so I think it's 50-50 yeah reading around yeah I mean if it's if it's ready and it's awesome then sure you know I don't see why they couldn't um, announce it next week I don't think it would necessarily need to have a separate event or anything Um. But um, yeah, I really don't know. I feel fifty-fifty just out of the box with that. Mm. I'd like to see um, the Mac get the uh, hey. Uh, I, I won't say the say the word. <laughs> the uh, hey, what word can we use instead of the word that begins with S? <laughs> <laughs> 
the way you're yeah. able to summon Siri by saying hey to it, I'd like to see that yeah. come to the Mac. Um, only because I've gotten very used to having an Echo in the house. Right. Um, and I was in the office the other day. Um, I had some music playing. And um, Charlie, my son, crawled in. So I got down on the floor and we started you know, messing around with his toys. Um, and I wanted to change the, the track. So I yelled at my Mac to, to skip the track. Yeah. Because I've gotten so used to having an Echo. Um, and that in itself surprised me. Mm. Um, that really kind of validates that whole interaction model. Because it, it's incredibly compelling once you've had it for a, a short while just to be able to sort of yell out into the air and have music come on or skip or pause. Um, so I'm surprised at how much I've taken that for, for, for granted. Yeah. Um, and I don't really see why the Mac can't have that ability. That that would be quite cool. And um, if you think about it, it, it could almost, well, maybe not, but it, it could almost be a, uh, an echo competitor in that sense because there's a lot of people that have got macbooks and macs around the house and if you could yell at them and have them do stuff and play music because you know they've got speakers built in um potentially there's uh, some room there um the more i think about it the more i'm thinking this is a terrible idea actually (laughs) (laughs) I i think it lends more weight to the idea that there's um there's some meat on the bone there for for Apple to do their own speaker. Yeah. Uh, Because I I imagine that that situation made you start thinking, okay, should I get one in this room as well? Um, Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I think some strength there to to the potential of Apple getting in that space. Be interesting Um, to see if it has a screen. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it will. I think Phil Schiller kind of hinted that there ought to be a screen on a device like that. Right. Uh, I can kind of see his point because I do miss, although I love the way I can interact with my Echo by talking to it and it talks back. Yeah. It it would be really nice to have a screen sometimes. Um, So it wouldn't surprise me if if Apple did go down that route, Um, not only because of, you know, Phil Schiller's hinted at it now, so that's kind of maybe the cat's out of the bag. But it, I think that does make quite a bit of sense on a lot of levels to do that. This, um, this is something that you probably know more about than me, so I think you've you've researched it a little more. But um, I do wonder if if that's the case, would that be an opportunity for some sort of convergence with CarPlay? Ooh, um, and that that side of things. Yeah. Uh, potentially, well, if you if you had a screen on the device and you could almost CarPlay to your Siri device of a screen, is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, yeah. Whether you could actually use it in a similar way to to CarPlay. Ooh, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. I would really like CarPlay, but that does that mm. does mean changing the car. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe not right now. So, have you got anything else on your list? Um, I do. I've got some serious ones, some non-hardware and software and quite dev-related ones. Okay, go for it. Okay, so I love programming in Swift. I really do. I love Swift 3. Um, I'm looking forward to Swift 4. And what I don't love is how Xcode kind of 
seems to grind to a halt at times when it's debugging Swift and how code sense sort of seems to have a bit of a fit every other day and, and fall away. Um, how, I've noticed this when switching between um, Objective-C projects back to then working in Swift projects and the debugging side of things for Objective-C is just so much quicker, so much, you know, it's compile times are quicker as well. And so I want to see an improved um, approach to all of that side of things, improved approach to Swift debugging um, and to sort of the whole tooling around Xcode. Um, I would be very surprised if we don't see some improvements. Um, it's a it's WWDC. These are tools for developers. It kind of just feels like it's got to happen. Um, I don't know if you've you've got any thoughts there, Dave, at all, or if you've if this is just something I've been finding problematic and and other people are getting on absolutely fine. No, um, I mean I'm I'm with you on that. I was coding in Swift uh, yesterday and today, and there there were several times where exactly what you just described happened to me. <laughs> and yeah. then again, uh, compile times can take a lot longer. I found, especially since porting my app to Swift three, which was mostly in Objective C beforehand. It is definitely a lot slower now to to compile. Yeah. Um, and again, kind of as you're typing, it kind of tries to flag your errors as you go. Yeah. Um, but the trouble is, it, I, I was coding uh, today and I had a load of errors that were on the screen that caught my eye. And I was like, oh, what, what's gone here? On here. So I went and had a look. Yeah. And what had happened is it hadn't caught up quick enough yeah. to realize that they weren't errors at all. That's I, I think it's because I was like partially typing and I stopped or maybe dropped a line and then went back up and fixed it. Yeah. Um, I'd like to, I'd, just those little kind of little bits there, but that would make me happy if that could become quicker and more responsive. Yeah, I'd, I'd, that's exactly what I want to see fixed. Um, I mean, not, not wishing to brag, but I'm on a 5K iMac with a 4 gigahertz quad-core CPU. So I... Sh- <laughs> I don't think I'm asking for too much. <laughs> I just want kind of the yeah the it, it to keep up in that sense really. Yeah, yeah. So it feels a bit silly that um, you've got a decent decent weight of machine and it is is hanging in that way. And like I said, I've I've found sort of switching back into to older projects that are Objective C only, and then that stuff just works. And you're like, oh wow, oh cool, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, starts to make Objective C look really appealing again, which actually, to to my mind, it's it's not so much anymore. I really love working in C in, in Swift. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. No, C, no. <laughs> um, no, I really love working in Swift, and so yeah, I, I want to see that stuff catch up and be where it needs to be. Because um, th- there are times when you you can sort of feel that the the error tracking's not gone not going in the right way and it actually becomes easier to just sort of hit build and trigger a sort of rethink on all of the error error checking yeah yeah um then you know just having that stuff work i suppose if they don't fix it we could just buy the new mac pro and solve it through more cpus I think it's a bigger problem than that. <laughs> Damn it, I want a reason to buy the new Mac Pro. <laughs> I think we've established we don't really need reasons with that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one other thing I would like to see 
is some improvements with home automation. Now, I haven't really gotten into home automation. I feel, I don't feel ready to jump in on it yet. Um, but I would, I th- to me, it seems like the Apple Watch is a really, a really good place for that to develop. Um, right, in terms of control. Yeah, and not only that, it, it's on you all the time. And you could say, well, your phone's on you all the time, but then your phone is kind of in your pocket. Yeah. So maybe through, and this is kind of like a a two-part thing, maybe like a blend of watchOS 4 and HomeKit peripherals. Um, maybe through watchOS 4, we could kind of see dynamic um, complications. So yep. let's say that you had a complication on your watch face for your kind of smart home stuff. And then through the use of beacons. Do you remember when beacons were introduced into the Apple stores? Yep. So that they could kind of tell where you were within the store. So if you walked up to the desk with the Mac Pro, uh, MacBook Pros on it, um, you could learn more about the MacBook Pros on your iPhone, I think it worked. Yeah, but basically, the if you had these kind of beacons around your house, you could maybe tell when you were in in the lounge or in the kitchen or in the hallway or or whatever. So, if you could get these affordable beacons placed around your home, and that could link in with your Apple Watch, you could be in a position where, if you were to walk into the lounge, you could maybe have the lights come on automatically. Yeah, or you could have a like a dynamic complication on the watch face so that it might present to you a scene to be triggered. So maybe if you were to tap on the complication, it might put the TV on, draw the blinds and turn the lights on to a low mode if you're going to be watching TV, for example. Yeah. Likewise, when you walk out of the lounge and into the hallway, it could overall automatically turn the lights in the TV off or prompt you to do that again through the dynamic complication. Things like that I I would like to see. Because when I think about the Apple Watch at the moment, I think of it as a fitness tracker slash generic gizmo. <laughs> uh, now, as as a as a timepiece, I think it's cool. I find it annoying sometimes when the screen doesn't come on when I turn my wrist, so I have to kind of sort of flick my wrist at me, and I look a little bit weird doing it. Yeah, um, to to people that don't really know what it is I'm doing. Um, I like the design of it. I've for uh, probably the last five years, I'd always kind of had in the back of my head that it'd be really nice to get a nice watch someday. And I started looking at uh, you know, regular watches, but I just couldn't find one that I liked. Um, and then the Apple Watch came out and, you know, A, you've got the technology side of it, which interested me massively, but also the physical look of the device, especially the steel one, which I went with, I think is, you know, an awesome looking watch. It's almost like the watch I've been waiting for in that sense. Yeah. But I don't think it does enough for me. I was kind of thinking the other day, if I was to drop it down the toilet, I probably wouldn't go and buy another one. (laughs) (laughs) As as much as I really like having it, I wouldn't go out and replace it. No. Not, not at the price that it is. Even if I went and bought a sport, I'm not sure I'd I'd be like, nah, I'll do without it. Yeah. If I dropped my phone, guaranteed, I'd be getting a new iPhone that day. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's not at that level yet. And no. I'm not sure. Well, maybe it will someday, but I'm not sure for a while if it will be. 
But when I think about stuff like that with the home automation, that's where I start to get intrigued by it. I remember when um, it was first announced, I think one of the demos they showed on stage was a hotel chain that had um, upgraded all of their door handles and locks so that you could check into the hotel with your watch and then you put your hand on the door handle and through proximity, the door unlocks. Right. So really, as as the guest of that hotel, wearing your Apple Watch, you just walk up to the hotel room door and turn the handle and it unlocks and lets you in. Right. So no no key needed. No that key is needed. That's your key. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of thing that I think the Apple Watch needs to do to make people go, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and again... Almost, almost you that do... same level of interest that people showed when they first saw the original iPhone. Yeah, I, I I could see that, and and I think having that level of integration as well would would kind of lead to that sort of um, that overall immersion with it, um, in a sort of similar sense as to you were, you were describing with um, with having the Amazon Echo, mm-hmm. um, in that when you've gotten used to it and it's there and it's just kind of working, um, you know, non-smart homes without those things will just sort of feel weird. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I I just feel like maybe the world needs to catch up to the Apple Watch in that sense. Um, yeah, maybe like in five years from now, if every car you buy off, off the lot new will have the ability to, again, just kind of go to the door handle, open it, and because you've got your Apple Watch on, that's your car key. Yep. That kind of stuff I would like to see. Um, and I think that's the kind of stuff that would intrigue the regular the regular person. Because um, the Apple Watch does enough out of the box now to kind of make a techie person like me think it's cool and you know get excited about it. But besides fitness tracking, I'm not sure it does much for the regular the regular person right now. Um, no, um, I almost feel like the Amazon Echo is getting that kind of reaction at the moment. In that that, people, that level people, of interest, yeah, like just like regular people see it and they're like, "Oh, what's that?" Like the amount of people that have come around and have have seen the echo when I kind of shouted at it to play some music and it talks back and says, "Here's a station you might like, uh, classic rock," and then plays it. Yeah, I've had people um, sort of look at me and be like, "Are you kidding? Did it just do that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it just did that." And <laughs> they're just like, "What, really?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, seriously." And they're like, "Oh, let me guess, they're hundreds of pounds." I'm like, "No, it's like forty well, nine pounds or whatever." And you, you can almost hear their jaws hitting the floor. And I think that's that's been the the biggest trick really for Amazon's success there is it's absolutely the right sort of price point. Yeah, yeah, hugely. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've had family members absolutely flabbergasted by it in terms of a that it's at all possible. And keep in mind, these are people that have had their iPhones with Siri on for some time. <laughs> <laughs> you show them this little Amazon Echo, and it's it's almost. Um, it's almost like they didn't fully understand what Siri was or what it could do, and you know, it got a lot of things wrong when they asked it stuff, and yeah, so they just gave up on it. Um, but I feel like you know, the Amazon Echo is kind of getting that initial kind of wow reaction that the original iPhone got. Because keep in mind, when the original iPhone came out, we hadn't really seen anything like it, no. Um, and it, it's just that, that incredible wow feeling. And I feel like if the watch could start to branch out and start interacting with things that are already around us and start making things happen almost, I don't like to use the word magic, but make it seem a little bit magical. 
I know Apple took a lot of <laughs> a lot of flack when they started using the word magical, didn't they, with the iPad? But yeah, I think if they can start doing that, then it becomes something much more than it currently is. I think you're on to something there, Dave. I think in terms of it becoming an immersive kind of product. Yeah, and it's, I guess it's another tie to the ecosystem as well, isn't it? Because if you're going to go all out and buy HomeKit-enabled stuff to go around your house, then that kind of locks you into Apple's ecosystem even further. So it's got to be good news for them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that- well, I think maybe I'm thinking a bit far too far down the line here. I think I'd like to see some baby steps towards this kind of larger vision uh, next week. That'd be that'd be great, and I think we'll probably you know a nice place to see that start would be just the ability to have more dynamic complications, not necessarily to do with home automation, just generally, and then that could maybe grow and expand and encompass the home automation as that sort of matures alongside the watch. Yeah, and and WWDC would absolutely be the right place to sort of see those those early kind of steps mm. um, play out. So yeah, he's hoping. <laughs> yeah. Um and that, that kind of leads me to if we're sort of talking about things that could be a bit of a way out and potentially very, very unlikely to happen. Um it kind of leads me to to my one of those. Um which is that I would love to see something in the augmented reality space. And I, I know there's not a chance of seeing anything, you know, too far into that next week. Um, but longer term, that's, you know, Apple keep hinting at it. You keep seeing rumors, um, little nods where, you know, Tim Cook has turned around and sort of said, oh, virtual reality is one thing, but augmented reality is where it's at. You know, there's been statements kind of to that effect. Um, I'd love to see something entering in, in that sort of space, whether you're sort of talking a general kind of lens that you, you wear that gives you an overlay or something, something of that that kind of manner. Um, but I, I really don't think we're anywhere near that technology just yet. Um, I think we're, we're a few years away. Um, so that's kind of wish rumor. casting quite far. Yeah, I heard a rumor that um, you know the dual camera system on the iPhone. Yep. I heard a rumour that the reason why a lot of the leaks we're seeing for the new iPhone, whatever it's called, is uh, the cameras are vertically stacked now, aren't they? Or they would yep. be. Probably. Maybe. <laughs> I heard a rumour <laughs> that that was to, to aid augmented reality in some way. Right. Um, I, I don't know how it would do that, if indeed the rumour was true. But again, that kind of that all points in that direction, doesn't it? Yeah, so you could have the potential there if you were able to record off both cameras at the same time, um, of potentially doing some sort of depth detection. And I think that would be massively useful for sort of AR applications. So that might be where that, that rumour was coming from. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, um, I, I think AR's definitely got more legs than VR. That's my personal yeah. view. Um, I, I think AR's where VR becomes personal. You know, it becomes something that, that can kind of be be there all the time i mean obviously they're distinctively quite different really but it's where that technology becomes mainstream yeah um yeah it's less about a a big beefy pc hooked up to um you know a headset um 
that you're sort of then tied to if you're talking about something that you can just put on and it's there um and that's going to be incredibly empowering um so i don't i think it's a wish cast too far to see that next week um but again like you were saying before with the, with the watch ideas um it will be interesting to sort of see if there's any kind of steps towards some of that um whether that comes out of you know depth detection from the cameras and things like that or other sort of ground you know like like laying down the um the foundations for it one problem i got with vr is that it seems to make me feel quite sick yeah um i don't know if the, as the technology improves whether that will get rid of it but i tried the uh oh, what was it the resident evil game on the playstation okay with the, with the playstation vr headset on um yeah, I I nearly nearly hit the floor. It was pretty bad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I felt dizzy, I felt like I lost my balance and then yeah, I felt really bad afterwards. Um which was a shame cuz I, re- I really wanted to like it. Yeah. I I don't know what it what it what it was specifically that made me feel bad. Um I I thought I was doing okay. I was like walking around this house or something and I opened the like a fridge door and I went to kind of peer into it. And and it was that I think that got me. So I don't know whether it was like a depth perception, right? Perhaps, as I, as the fridge was getting larger, as I kind of peered towards it, um, it yeah, just sort don't of know. Broke, broke kind of, your senses, as it were. Yeah, it's kind of worrying though. If this, you know, this is going to be a big thing. Yeah, I, I don't. I want to be able to get in on it. Um. No, it's certainly a lot to, to sort of get over there, I think, still with VR. I mean, I've had a go on the Oculus, and I've had a go on the, the, the Vive, um, Vive. Um, and the Vive is, is definitely the better better headset. Um, but even then, I was still feeling a little bit nauseous after a little while of use. So, um, yeah, for me, I, I need to see some improvements um, to that whole end of, of, of tech. But... Um, I think AR could get around that quite a bit if you're sort of talking about a, a more transparent lens that is is more about immersion, um, sort of you know mixed reality. Um, then maybe you sort of get around some of those those things because mm. um, you're still you're still kind of in the real world just with extras. Um, but uh, no, like I said, I would really love to see something in that direction, but. Um, yeah, I don't think we'll get anything too big uh, just yet. No. <laughs> so, Dave, um, I think we're we're kind of approaching the end of this episode. But um, do you have any last thoughts for next week? Any any other bits you want to talk about or add? Uh, yeah, just a couple of quick bits. Um, the volume HUD. I would love to see that get out of my way. <laughs> it really annoys me <laughs> on the uh, phone. Yeah, just just yep. get, just get that out of my way. I don't need to see that all the time. Um, yep. A dark mode that would be interesting. Um, I've got mixed feelings about it though because I'm currently considering offering a dark mode of one of my apps as like a, an unlockable feature. So if I get kind of Sherlocked on that next week, <laughs> that might be interesting. Um, equally, it could be to my benefit if they allow me uh, an even easier way of achieving that, and I can still obviously include it as a perk in my unlockables. Yep. So wait and see on that one. Uh, finally, um, I'd like to see Apple Music 
get split out from iTunes. Yeah, I'd really love to like see it, that. I feel like it needs to be its own app. It's its own major service in its own right, I feel anyway. Um, I, I would kind of treat it almost like Spotify treats its apps. I, I'd be more interested in it if it was split out, to be honest with you. I, I'm kind of a, a no iTunes person in a yeah, lot of ways. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. It was awful. Yeah. Um, I, I only use it when I have to use it because there's no other way of kind of getting some info on and off a device or whatever. And that's, that's a lot rarer these days to be fair. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, other than that, one, one final thing actually. Yeah. The kind one of, last thing. The, uh, <laughs> the, the direction that Apple music has taken with their design in the last year, it became a lot kind of heavier and bolder in the fonts and things that it was using. Yeah. I'd like, I personally, I, I really like that approach and it'd be nice to see that kind of rolled out throughout the OS, maybe as a, you know, like an iOS 11 design change. Yeah. Um, um, so that'd be really cool to see. And if they could change that Safari icon, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I've never you liked really it. You really hate that, don't you? Oh, I, I really don't like it. I love the one they use for the Mac. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, it's just kind of flat enough, I think, to, to pass. Um, but yeah, the the iOS icon, uh, I, I I can't get behind that at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that just about wraps up today's episode. If you've enjoyed the show, we would love for you to give us a review on iTunes. Or if you're an Overcast user, it would be great if you could recommend us by hitting the star button. Um, also, we'd like to add that now we have our very own Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to. Our hope is that it can be a great place for fellow developers to come and hang out and get to know each other. If you'd like to join, there'll be instructions in the show notes or just send us a message on Twitter at WFR Podcast. So before we go, Dave, where can people find you? Um, you can find me at DaveWood.uk and you can find my applications at RoboHeads. That's RoboHeads with a Z.com. Um, over on Twitter, I'm DW RoboHeads, again with a Z at the end instead of an S. How about you, Dave? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter um, at underscore Dave Not. You can find my apps uh, at armchair-remote.com. That's my remote control for Cody. And my second main app, Space Readers, a app to help kids learn to read, you can find at spacereaders.com.